Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Edwin. Hello, Andrew. Good to have you back. The middle of the week. It is the middle of the week. It happens this time every week. This time every week, we say hello Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) And we continue talking about the Psalms. That's exactly right. There's an interesting phrase in today's Psalm that I want to really pick up on and talk about a little bit. I want to talk about this God of Jacob thing. Are you okay with that? Yeah, let's do that. So I've got Psalm 46 here from the New King James translation to the chief musician. A psalm of the sons of Korah, a song for Alamoth. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. There is a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nations raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord, who has made desolations in the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. The God of Jacob. Before I jump in on that phrase, though, I want to back up to something I brought up yesterday. And we had Jesse here with us yesterday. I hope you were able to listen in on that. I was listening. As we talked about these nations raging. But there was the comforting statement in verse 4. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. And I know because it says the city of God and it says that God is dwelling there. We And yesterday we brought up how that takes us back to the river in Eden. And of course, it ought to take us ahead to the book of Revelation and the city there and the river that we find there also, at least for us. But I do think that we are supposed to be seeing here actually a metaphor for God himself, Mm. that God himself is the river that made glad the city of God rather than a roaring, raging ocean that is collapsing the land. It's a river that's lifting up. I I think about Isaiah chapter eight and verse six in Isaiah chapter eight, verse five says, the Lord spoke to me again because this people has refused the waters of Shaloah that flow gently and rejoice over Rezin and the son of Remaliah. Therefore, behold, the Lord is bringing up against them the waters of the river, mighty and many, the king of Assyria and all his glory. And it will rise over all its channels and go over all its banks, and it will sweep on into Judah. It will overflow and pass on, reaching even to the neck, and its outspread wings will fill the breadth of your land, O Emmanuel. 
So here is this contrast Mm -hmm. between the raging, overflowing, flooding waters, like we had in the first three verses, versus this calm, gentle river, which is actually here in Isaiah 8, a representation of God himself. You have have abandoned the waters of the living God, the living waters, and you've gone after these others. Another passage, Jeremiah 2.13, and then I'll hand it over to you. While you're turning over to Jeremiah, just commenting there on Isaiah, it sounded like you didn't want the one river so you're going to get the other yes right you didn't want the still waters of god's sustenance so you're going to get this overflowing river of judgment and flood yes yeah and okay we've got a similar thing coming happening in jeremiah 2 this one i think actually makes it very uh, much more clear that we're talking about god for my people have committed two evils he said they have forsaken me the Mm -hmm. fountain of living waters and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Mm-hmm. So here again is that image of God as this supporting spring and river, gently flowing that just feeds the gardens, feeds the trees. Actually kind of takes us back to Psalm 1 Yeah, about yeah. us who meditate on the law sure. of the Lord, being like trees planted by rivers of water, bearing fruit in its season, and we don't wither. Mm-hmm. So we, we've got these, these metaphors as they interlock and interweave here. God is that river. You but, brought up, but, but again, here in Jeremiah, it's the turning away yes. from this water and making a choice for, I guess, other water. You know, the, the cistern picture there is we're, we're trying to catch water from some other place, and it's not there. It fails. Yeah, so with the Isaiah, as you pointed out, okay, you don't want my river? Okay, I'll give you this other river. It's rushing. It's flowing. It goes over its banks, and it drowns you. Yeah, it'll conquer you. Okay, you don't want my spring? Well, listen, I'll let you have these broken cisterns, but you need to understand those don't hold any water. Yeah, you're going to drought. God giving <laughs> them up to the thing that they are pursuing. So here is God. Here is God who is dwelling in the city, the river that flows into the city, if you will, is God himself. He dwells there. And so they talk about the God of Jacob, the Lord of hosts. That's actually kind of fascinating all on its own, because here in book two, Yahweh is not used nearly as often as it was in book one. Okay, But we find it used twice uh, in this passage, in fact, three times in this passage, in verse 7, in verse 8, and in verse 11, here, the Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress, and then again, repeating that refrain in verse 11, the God of Jacob. Now, the phrase God of Jacob, it's it's not used so rarely as to think that it has a technical meaning that we have to ferret out and say it's going to mean this every time. But it's not used very often, and so it at least should stop us in our tracks a little bit and cause us to think through, I wonder why he said God of Jacob here instead of God of Israel. Yeah, so just clarifying, the Yahweh, this is in our English Bibles, is for Lord, Lord of hosts, or is this for God? God for of Lord Jacob? of hosts. Okay, Okay, right. so whenever in your English Bible you have this all capped, and yet the first letter is a little bit larger, that's going to be a reference of where Yahweh is found. Yeah. And so you find that with Lord of hosts in verse 7. You find that with Lord of hosts in verse 11. And then you find it in verse 8, come behold the works of the Lord. Uh, in in book 2, mm-hmm. we 
Yahweh is used, and so we're going to find it. Yeah. We've read it a couple of times yeah. in some of the previous Psalms, but it's not used nearly as much as it was in book one. In book two, you either have El or Adonai used most often. So most often in the Old Testament, if you see Lord written with just a capital L and then lowercase O-R-D, most often that's translating Adonai. Mm-hmm. And that was a word that could mean master or sir, and so could be used of the king, could be mm-hmm. used of mm-hmm. husbands, could be used of governors, could be used of masters, also of God, Adonai. Yeah. El, coming from Elohim, was, of course, a, a little bit more generic term for God, so yeah. oftentimes you will see that used of any of the gods, and uh-huh. sometimes even just, just spiritual beings, Elohim right. gets used sometimes. But Yahweh is very specifically the God of Israel. The I am of Israel. Yeah, very specifically. he That is the covenant name of God for the nation of Israel. But then even as we're saying this, notice we keep saying the God of Israel, the God yeah, of Israel, because we when we think about the God of that nation, we think of the God of Israel. Here it says the God of Jacob. Now that's an interesting choice because, well, Jacob gets his name changed to Israel. Yes, but there's probably a a thought why we want to say Jacob sometimes versus others. I know as as Old Testament history goes along, Jacob becomes synonymous with the ten northern tribes mm-hmm. in that divided kingdom era. Um, there's somewhat that differentiation. But when I look backwards to Genesis, I see that this is the patriarch Jacob, Yahweh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob has his name changed to Israel. And that is the name that is then passed on to his descendants as a nation. We typically view that nation by the name Israel. Mm -hmm. On rare occasions is it referred to by his original name, Jacob. Mm -hmm. And so when I hear God of Jacob, I almost bypass the nation and do go back to that patriarch, to the individual himself. Like when we would say the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and yet even here, it's just specified with him. So I'm walking through in my mind and I'm thinking, why would that be the name that would come up when when the psalmist is saying, I want to praise Yahweh, but this time I'm going to refer to him as the God of Jacob. I, I can't assert 100%. I cannot give you absolute certainty, but I will say, as we've been walking through the Psalms up to this point, I can think about a time in the life of Jacob that really mirrors this. Mm -hmm. And it's the time Jacob, of course, he lied. Yeah. He deceived. And he did those things. He stole. Yeah. And so because of that, he had to run away. Yes, he did. And he ends up in... uh, um, with his, Laban's right. house, who ends up being his father-in-law. Yeah. I was about to say Nabal, going back to getting oh. it backwards. We, that's a different guy in some previous Psalms. Laban's house. Uh, and he ends up marrying his two wives, and his children are born, and they eventually head back because God tells him to. Right. But he finds out that Esau is on the way with 400 men. Yeah, and they did not part on good terms since that was the one he lied about and cheated and swindled and stole from, etc. Etc., etc., etc. And so he's afraid. He's Mm -hmm. afraid that there will not be room for him in this land of promise. (laughs) It may not be much longer in this life. (laughs) Exactly. He prays to God. He prays that God will keep his promise to him. And then he goes off and separates himself from the family. Who knows what he was wanting to do as he was separated. But instead of God parting the waters of the Jordan for him to cross, Mm -hmm. instead of God parting the clouds and allowing the sun to come down and shine upon Jacob's head and say, oh, it's going to be okay, instead of God just holding him and comforting him and 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 just saying i'm here for you it's okay just rely on me instead of all that what he ends up doing is wrestling 
with a man yeah who ends up being the angel of the lord potentially the lord himself mhm mhm all night long all night long all night long yeah and it's one of the most um uh, to, you know to my mind it is just a kind of a strange story bizarre uh, for me it is <laughs> I, and i will tell you when i see um you know other angels in the old testament even within the book of genesis you know they're they're bringing fire down on Simon and gomorrah on and the enemies on the enemies they are fierce they're fierce and unconquerable and yet here is one being that labors and wrestles with jacob all night and as i recall the account jacob's um strength he's a strong man apparently he, he won't let go of him he won't let go of him until this being is able to hurt jacob in a way pinch his hip or hurt his hip in some Touches way his hip and yeah. it shrinks the muscle yeah well one of the things i learned from that is you know any time during the night if the angel could have done that at any time he could have also like reach out and touch jacob's neck and you know yeah shrunk that Right, so and, and it would have all been over. There's some type of object lesson here. Uh, some that, object that, lesson that Jacob is willing to fight, and Jacob won't let go. And Jacob won't let go until you bless me, which means that Jacob has some knowledge that this isn't just, you know, Joe intruder coming into my camp at night. There's something else here, and that's the key. He says that the angel says to him, "Let me go," and Jacob says, "No, not until you bless me. I want the blessing." Here's the thing that I see happening here with Jacob. Jacob reaches out to God. At this moment where we expect God to be the one who is clearing the path for him, mm -hmm. God is actually the biggest obstacle. It's the one that Jacob is, is having to wrestle with. And I see that in some of these Psalms. We had a, man, we had a time with Psalm 44. Oh, as, yeah, I wrote that one down. As, <laughs> yeah, as the psalmist is saying, God, we've kept your covenant, but you're not yeah. doing, you're not, you're not doing your part, but but we also pointed out what's the psalmist still doing, even though he believes he that he is still praying to God and he is still urging God to act and make it right. He's saying, "I'm not going to let go of you until you do this thing you've promised." Yeah, yeah. I am going to keep hanging on until you do it. And now here in Psalm 46, we actually see it happening. This is a psalm of victory. This is a psalm that sure says is. the nations have raged, but God has spoken and the blessing has come. We serve the God of Jacob, and the God of Jacob sometimes wrestles with us. The God of Jacob sometimes doesn't clear the path. He places the obstacles that grow us and teach us and help us learn, but that is our God. And in the end, he does make room for us, and he does deliver. That's our God, and he's with us. He brings the blessing, and the God of Jacob unites. I think it's fantastic that where is he called the God of Jacob and the Lord of hosts? It's in this refrain. It's where the congregation's going to respond as one. About God the Deliverer. We're so glad that you've joined us today for Text Talk. We'd love to know what you're learning from the text. Send us an email. Text Talk at ChristiansMeetHere.org. Text Talk at ChristiansMeetHere.org. Um, Edwin, do you want to lead us in prayer? God and Father in heaven, thank you so much for being the God of Jacob, for being the God of Isaac and Abraham, for calling them and separating them and raising up your people, but most of all for bringing from that people your son, Jesus Christ, who is our king, who is our savior. He is with us and we are thankful. Though the nations rage around us, though they attack, though they roar, though they threaten, we know, Lord, that you are our God, and we are going to continue to do what you have said, no matter what happens around us. Give us that strength. Uphold us. Lift us up. Strengthen our arms. Strengthen our feet. Strengthen our legs to march with you, to walk with you, to work with you. We love you, Lord God. It's through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. 
I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.